What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes, hello, everyone. Welcome back. I feel like we've got a vibey setup today because it's like snowing kind of a lot outside. Yeah. I've got a candle going. I'm sitting here with a blanket. I have one of those um sloth stuffed animals that you can put in the microwave, you know, Ooh. sitting on my lap here. That's nice. I've got some tea, um, which is appropriate because we're going to spill some tea today, aren't Heck we? Heck yeah, we are. I only have a uh, LaCroix, LaCroix, LaCrux, whatever you like to call it, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't have the same vibes as you. I don't have a candle going or anything, but I can feel the vibes radiating from your screen. Do you want to tell them what we're going to be chatting about today? I do. So today we are going to be chatting about red flags, deal breakers, things that you should be on the lookout for when making new friends or, you know, date a new boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever your vibe is. So yeah, we're just going to go through some things that we personally are on the lookout for, you know, when we're introducing new people into our lives, some things that we don't jive with, um, and hopefully this can help, you know, prevent some dating or friendship horror stories in the future because they make good stories, but they're definitely not fun in the thick of it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I don't even really know where this idea came from originally, but I think it's going to be a fun one. I feel like it's fun to mix in some of these more like chatty lifestyle type topics. So you guys will have to let us know what you think. But before we do that, we do have a new review that we're going to read on the air as we do because we like to hold ourselves accountable to the reviews we get. So if you have any (laughs) feedback, please hop on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. This review is a little interesting because um, it is from my boyfriend, Grant. And (laughs) it does say, quote, stop listening to anything else. Best podcast in the history of podcasts, simply stunning, marvelous, and riveting. And I think he may be a little biased in that opinion, but I appreciate the feedback. And, you know, I had to do the due diligence and read it on the air. So thank you, Grant. (laughs) Listen, girls and gays, like, that's not a red flag right there. If your boyfriend isn't supporting what you're doing, that's a red flag. But we'll get into that. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I think that is one of them. (laughs) Well, spoiler alert. (laughs) All right, so let's get into our segments, and we'll start with our Week in Review. I almost said we'll start with our favorites, which is not true. That's not That's not true. That's not how this works. So for my Week in Review, I wanted to talk about two things, the first of which is that I finished my January book of the month. So I know you guys aren't listening to this in January, and January might feel far gone by the time this episode airs, but when we are recording, it is still January, so I'm pretty proud of myself for finishing it before the end of the month. Um, And the first book that I read this year was um, Where the Crawdad Sings. I almost forget what it was called. Um, And I did really like it. I feel like I'm not sure. Maybe I need to like reread some things and like really get the hype. Like I thought it was very beautifully written and like the entire second half was like a general surprise to me. Like I was not expecting it. Um, But I'm not like totally, totally obsessed that I feel like in the way that I feel like a lot of people were. But I think it was like well written, pretty, well done, interesting. But I'm not like bamboozled best book I've ever read, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel like it's also tough when a book is so overhyped, you just get your expectations up really high. So I wonder if it's just 
Yeah. Just one of probably. those. Like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I did like it. I think the one thing that made it a little difficult for me was that it's written in like a dialect, basically, like all the conversations. And I've always struggled with reading dialects in that way. Like, that's it's definitely a me problem. It's not like a problem of the book, but... I would have to reread conversations like over and over to actually like digest what they were saying because it was all of these like abbreviations that I had never seen before and stuff. Um, And I get it from like a literary perspective that they're like placing you in that environment and whatever. But um, I feel like that was part of like what I didn't like as much about it was that I just felt like I had to reread everyone's quotes like a million times because I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. It's like I respect the author for taking a leap with their Mm -hmm. literary devices, but oh my God, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I, I would recommend them. Yeah. Okay. So my week in review is, and this is kind of ironic because if you're seeing any video portion of this episode, you can tell that my hair is up in a clip, but I did get it cut and I got about, I think we guesstimated like five to six inches cut off. Um, so now my hair goes like right at my collarbone. I have these cutie little framing pieces And yeah, it's just, I love a fresh haircut. I feel like, you know, you feel like a new woman. I also got my eyebrows done for the first time in seven months, which is disgusting, but I did it finally. Um, And I just felt like a new woman. I am breaking out right now though. And that was like a point of insecurity. Like I was just kind of sad the other day because I was like, my hair looks cute and my eyebrows look cute and my skin just doesn't look cute right now. But my parents (laughs) were like, you literally need to relax. Um, but yeah, and then on another positive note, I got my first legal internship. Woo! Woo! So I'm not going to say super specifics just because number one, I don't know if I can even say super specific. I don't know how that works. And I feel like in the legal profession, it's always better to, you know, hold back. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited for this opportunity. Hopefully I'll be able to talk a little bit more about what it entails and all of that stuff the closer I get to it and during the summer, but it starts in the summer. Um, I'm really happy to have something like I found out the day before classes started, uh, which at this point was like a few weeks back because we are recording ahead, but it was really nice to like go into spring semester already having that out of the way because I truthfully wasn't being super successful with hearing back from places. This is the first place that I heard back for an, an interview from. And so I kind of mentally was like, I'm going to have to budget time to apply to like smaller firms and like independent job listings outside of the programs offered at my school. And I really didn't want to do that because writing cover letters is like the absolute worst thing in the Mm -hmm. world. So I'm glad I don't have to do that. Yeah. Very excited. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Congrats. Um, This is like the result of an interview mentioned in a previous episode. Yes. Yeah. The interview mentioned in that episode was in fact for this job. So turned out great yeah oh and then the second thing I wanted to mention was I got a I also got my hair done this week funny enough we were very aligned um mine's not very different though I kind of just got a trim but I did get a demineralizing treatment and I wanted to talk about it so basically my hairdresser talked me into it I didn't go in expecting to get one but she was basically like feeling my hair and she was like I wouldn't say this if I really didn't think you'd benefit from it but like have you ever thought of doing a demineralizing treatment like it just um helps not strip your hair, but basically like refresh your hair of all the buildup from like hard water and product and everything over time. Um, And she was kind of just saying like, consider it like for the future. And I was like, oh, can we just do it right now? 
Um, so I ended up getting one and I wouldn't have done it if it was like over 50 bucks, but it was maybe like, I think it was like 40. So I was kind of like convinced. I was like, okay, if she thinks I need it, I'll get it. And it has been interesting because I feel like I, when I felt my hair after it like felt different than I've ever felt my hair before, if that makes sense. Like it felt like new hair. I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't even know how to describe it. So apparently the reason that I was excited about it was because I do have to wash my hair pretty often. I have fine hair. So I wash it like every 48 hours, which you know, is is okay, but it's not ideal because you're using a lot of product and a lot of heat and whatever. So if I can get that longer, that would be good. So she said this is kind of a good way to like kick start that. So I'm trying to go a little more time in between. So yeah, next time you're getting a haircut, if you feel like treating yourself, I would recommend. I'll let you know if I see like real returns, but if nothing else, it feels nice. So Kylie's job is far more important. So I'm glad we had a chance to talk about that. <laughs> um, so let's move into our favorites. So this week I wanted to talk about my reusable makeup pads and it's funny because I've had these for like quite a long time. I just never thought to talk about them on the show, but I was like mentally appreciating them the other day when I was taking off my makeup and I was like, mm, I should talk about these. So they're basically just these rounds and it came in a pack of, uh, I want to say like 15. They are made of bamboo, 70% bamboo and then 20% cotton, 10% polyester, I want to say, because part of me when I was ordering them, I was like, if the point is to reduce like to be more like zero waste and to reduce um, climate impact, buying an entirely polyester thing would not have been any better than just using cotton pads. <laughs> um, so I was looking for one that didn't have a lot of polyester and this one doesn't, so that's good. Because if you guys don't know, polyester is made of plastic, which is uh, made of fossil fuels. So it doesn't really help if you're going to use a polyester thing, um, unless it's like a recycled polyester thing. Anyway, I digress, but I like them because you just pop them in the wash, like with your clothes. And I do find that they get pretty clean. I feel like some of them are white and you can kind of tell over time that they have like a little bit of staining, but overall, like they feel very clean when they come out every time. And I just feel very good to not be like throwing something in the trash every single day. Um, And like, I do my laundry like once a week anyway, so I never really get close to running out. So yeah, I would recommend, I think I got these ones at like TJ Maxx or like Sierra a while back, but um, I've seen them lots of different places. So check them out if you want to integrate like an easy, low waste solution into your life. Yeah. I also have reusable cotton rounds. I, however, wasn't super aware of the material that they're made out of. And I also ordered them from Amazon, which I realized is a bit, you know, counterproductive, but regardless, I have them and I'd rather just keep these ones then buy a whole set of new ones no that's like the I feel like that's a big myth with like sustainability is like switching everything before using up your previous stuff like the most sustainable option is always to like use what you have yeah 100% 100%. yeah for sure but if you're in the market for reusable ones definitely take Anya's advice and look into what they're made out of um my favorite for this week this one kind of like brought me a little bit of nostalgia so it's a banana oat pancake recipe And I started making this, I want to say my junior year of college. And like for a while, it was what I had every single morning for breakfast. Like I would make a big batch over the weekend and freeze them and then just heat them up throughout the week and have them for Mm, breakfast. That's a fun idea. So good. So, so good. And like I said, I was doing them a lot. Junior year was like the main year. And I'm pretty sure I did 
last year um, while we were on campus a few times, but I was really in the mood for like a breakfast for dinner situation the other day, and we had bananas that needed to be used up. So I went searching for the recipe that I used, and I found it, and I made them, and they're just, they're so good. So I'll definitely link the recipe below. They're really easy. They're like a blender recipe, so you just throw all the ingredients in the blender, blend it up, and then um, cook the pancakes on the stove. And yeah, they're it's like a, I don't know, 15, 20 minute process. And most of the time you make more than a serving. So you can put them in the fridge or in the freezer and have pancakes for a few days. And they're relatively healthy. Yeah, that sounds fun. I'll definitely have to try. I feel like banana pancakes remind me of like the Bonnie Rebecca, like YouTube vegan days. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> These so aren't vegan. They're not? Or they no, are? they have an egg in it. Okay. Um, well, you can always use like a flax egg or something, I guess, true, but true. I see the nostalgia factor is what I'm saying. I feel like that yeah. was like, that was definitely like an early college thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with our segment, let's move into the main episode topic, red flags, Ooh, red I'm flags excited. and deal breakers. I'm excited. So like we said, we're going to go into some of our, you know, red flags, deal breakers, things that we're on the lookout for in friendships and in relationships, but we do want to add a quick disclaimer. So obviously no human being is perfect. I think we all know that. I think we all can deduce that. Um, And at some point or another, I bet 99% of us are guilty of some of the things that we're going to mention. I know for a fact, some of the things that I wrote, I've done in the past, um, or I could even be doing in the future. You never know. Um, So if you feel like you personally identify with some of these red flags, you know, don't think that we're attacking you or like saying that you're a terrible person or something like that. That's not what we're trying to say. But I think it's good to, you know, reflect on what you expect in relationships and make sure that you're doing the same thing for the relationships in your life. Because uh, I think it would, regardless of if it's a friendship or a relationship, there has to be a give and take. It can't all be one sided and everyone's capable of being the quote unquote toxic friend or, you know, toxic romantic interest. So yeah, we just wanted to throw that in there, you know, no hard feelings, not trying to call anyone out specifically, or, you know, make anyone feel bad for things that they may have done to specific people, just something that we look out for, always trying to improve ourselves. You guys know the deal. (laughs) I'm glad that you wrote this disclaimer out because the Scorpio in me was very ready to just like immediately roast every (laughs) habit on this list. Um, But I'm glad that you said that because I think that's a very good point. And um definitely a thoughtful note so thanks Kylie <laughs> the Libra in me is like peace everyone peace <laughs> it's fine and I'm like you hurt me once goodbye <laughs> okay so I will kick us off with the first one here this is more in the relationship sense but I guess if you have a friend that does this it could also be a red flag but to me calling an ex crazy without a like super legitimate reason is kind of a red flag Yeah. First of all, because you shouldn't really use the word crazy. It's not really like a fair description of anyone's characteristics. And also because if like, clearly if you're calling someone crazy, you ended on like bad terms with them. And I mean, it's not unnatural to end on bad terms like that happens, but clearly you're like putting all the blame on them in the situation. And like that doesn't really show a lot of like emotional maturity So I think definitely calling an ex crazy is sort of a red flag unless like their ex literally like almost murdered them or something like that. Like then I get it. But generally people use this term like kind of 
they kind of throw around the word crazy when they're talking about their ex and like there could be very fair reasons that their ex reacted the way they did to different situations. So I just don't really think anyone that like puts a negative light on their previous partners is like not ideal. Yeah. Especially if every partner that they talk about was crazy. That's a major red flag because yeah, hate to burst anyone's bubble, but odds are all of them aren't crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good one. My next one is if you don't feel happy with them or you feel like they don't bring out your best self. So I feel like, especially with friendships, um, at least for me, I know in the past, I've had some friends that just bring out, you know, the really like gossipy or like they bring out, you know, insecurities. Like I've had friends in the past who were like super insecure, constant negative self-talk. And that ended up being something that I partook in bunch of negative self-talk and like feeling like I had to be insecure because that's what everyone was doing. I feel like it's probably also something that a lot of people can relate to. But at the end of the day, the people that you're in a relationship with or that you're friends with should make you feel happy most of the time and should make you feel like you're being your best self. Like I remember seeing a quote that was like, you should be inspired by the people in your life in one way or another. And if they're not inspiring you, then you should reevaluate and figure out, you know, why you're friends with this person, why you're um, romantically involved with this person or whatever the situation is. So that's definitely something. And this isn't a super obvious red flag. It definitely takes time to figure something like this out. But if you're not, if you don't feel good most of the time with this person, that's probably something to address. Yeah. And to that point, I think something that I almost put on here, but I was glad that you put this because it kind of captured it is um, if they're not, like, bettering your life, like, in general. Yeah. <laughs> like, if they're yeah. not, like, a positive addition. Yeah, exactly. Um, my next one is if they're not supportive of you when you want to try something new. So I think of this, like, I don't know, for example, like, with this podcast, like, if one of my friends was kind of like, oh, like, why are you going to do that? Like, you don't have a following. Like, that's a weird thing to start. Like, why? I feel like that's kind of shows that they are insecure in themselves. Um, that they wouldn't have the confidence to start something new or like maybe you want to run for like a leadership position in a club that you're a part of and they don't believe in you they're tearing you down they don't think you have what it takes or something like that I just think in general if they're not your biggest support figures when it comes to wanting to try a new thing that might already be like new and scary to you red flag 100 percent. and I think this honestly ties into a combo that we were having before we started recording. I think Mm -hmm. people who are also in law school or grad school, you'll have to message me and say if you agree with this, but I feel like grad school and law school breeds a certain type of people that really aren't supportive when you're trying something new or, you know, doing well with something. And so, I mean, you got to weed those people out. It doesn't matter the environment you're in or how common it is. Like you don't need to subject yourself to people weren't supportive of you. My next one is if they make you feel like you have to act a certain way around them, almost like you have to follow rules. So again, I think most people have probably known someone in their life where they feel like they can't, you know, talk about a certain thing or I don't know. I can't think of a good example, but I guess like just if you feel like you can't be your true authentic self around them and you feel like you always have to be kind of this picture perfect version of yourself then that's a red flag. And I guess, you know, with dating especially, there's kind of a a grace period where you are kind of putting on your best self because you're like, I don't want to like show them all the cards. (laughs) But 
once you're like in an established relationship or you know you've been on several dates it's an exclusive thing I think that's when you should be able to open up and if you're finding it really hard to open up and be your true self that's a red flag yeah and I think that's not to say that like you can't have friends that you act different around because I feel like people do have friends that are like they're more goofy friend and like they're more Mm -hmm. like give it to me straight friend for sure and that's not like what we're saying. I think it's more so just that like if you feel like you have to hold back with them. Yeah. And I would say I we've talked about this. I'm 100% the type of person who I feel like I have friends that like bring out a different side of me. But that's not to say like with Anya. Anya is definitely more of my straightforward friend among every other thing. But when I need the truth, I go to Anya. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not ever going to be goofy with her, that I feel like I can't ever like crack a joke or something with Anya. That's where I think there's the difference. You know, it's one thing if you tend to act a certain way around someone, it's completely different if you feel like you have to act that mm-hmm. certain way around them. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. My next one is pretty <laughs> straightforward. Um, <laughs> and it is just if someone criticizes what you look like, literally ever, deal breaker. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> See you never. Yeah. Especially for things you can't change. Like, yes. I, I've seen this quote that's like, if you can't change it in five minutes, you shouldn't say it to someone. So, like, if they have like spinach in their teeth or like, tell them. yeah, or like mascara all over their face, like, tell them. But if you're going to say anything about their weight or about their haircut or anything like that, it's just like unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a big no for me. This kind of goes along with that a little bit, but it's criticizing your goals unless it's coming from a genuine place of concern. So again, I'll kind of use myself as an example. I want to go to law school. I want to be a lawyer. Obviously, I don't want friends and partners around me that are saying, you can't do that. You're not smart enough for that. Why are you doing that? Don't you think you'd be better suited for this? Blah, 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 blah. But I do want to say, like, obviously, there's going to come times where there's genuine concern about, like, a goal that you have. Um, And I can't think of a good, like, example off the top of my head. But maybe, like, if you want to lose weight in, like, an unhealthy way or something. Yeah. Or even if, like, you know, a friend thinks that you're, like, perfectly healthy and are concerned with, like, why you want to lose weight and things like that. If they're bringing up those things, then that's a person, like, actually who has your best interest. Uh, And there's a difference between being honest and looking out for you and just trying to diminish your dreams and make you feel like you're incapable of the goal that you've put in front of you. So just being mindful of that. And yeah, again, we need people to support us. We need people to lift us up, not put us down. Yeah, for sure. My next one is kind of a two-pronged piece of advice. I guess the first part is if you find yourself making excuses for them a lot, either to yourself or to other people, like if they're running late all the time and you have to explain to your roommates like, oh, he got caught up doing this or in your mind, um, you know, they don't text you back and you have to make the excuse of like, oh, they got caught up with this. And I think, you know, things do come up for sure. But if it's a constant thing and if you're constantly having to justify that something came up for them or, you know, their priorities changed or whatever, then that's kind of a red flag. And then the other thing that I feel like sort of goes along with this is if your friends and family don't like them for some reason. And I think there's definitely, you know, exceptions to this. Like if your parents don't like them, but you don't necessarily have the same ideals or motives as your parents anymore, like that's kind of different. But if it's people that like you genuinely value in your life and genuinely, 
you think that they generally have what's best for you in mind and they just like don't like them for some reason you probably trust their opinion over the person that like is a more recent addition to your life yeah but again there's definitely situations where this isn't the case but I think in general like your friends and family's opinion does tend to be true yeah and also you know obviously keep in mind if it's literally one single friend of yours and every single other friend and family member you know likes this person obviously I wouldn't say you should break up just over the one friend even if you do trust their judgment but yeah I think that's a good one um and then my next one is being wishy-washy or under communicating their feelings and over communicating their feelings (laughs) because I'll tell you what I've been in both situations I don't like either (laughs) I like a happy (laughs) regular amount of communicating our feelings and yeah I mean no one likes someone who's wishy-washy as a Libra am I so wishy-washy and indecisive yeah I am and I know it's annoying so I'm sorry in advance to any and all future friends and partners but (laughs) I recognize that like someone who's always canceling or always like making you wonder like what the hell is going on are you my friend are you interested in me at all what's the deal here that's a red flag like you shouldn't be I personally I'll tell a story I talked to a guy for a few months and when I tell you like I really thought this guy like just wanted to be friends by the time we were done talking like I had I was like this guy could like think I'm drier than the paint on the wall like I just (laughs) don't know how this guy feels come to find out you know a mutual friend was like oh no like he really likes you I was like genuinely couldn't have guessed it couldn't have guessed Mm -hmm. it he because he did nothing to communicate to me that there was any sort of interest at all besides responding to my text but that's like the bare minimum of any Mm -hmm. sort of relationship ever (laughs) um so yeah you shouldn't feel like that but on the same note you know I got a Pisces moon I'm emotional I I get it I do but like you don't want someone who's always telling you how they feel about you and like constantly um just telling you their feelings and their emotions related to the relationship especially when it's unnecessary and unwarranted so yeah find that happy medium of communication yeah I guess what I would say on this is like if there's no happy medium at least find someone that like matches your level yeah I mean like if you're the type of like for example my relationship like we're just not super like mushy gushy lovey at all like that's just not how we are and I think a lot of people that spend time with us would agree yeah. Um, and so if you're okay with that and they're okay with that, like, cool. Perfect. Great. Or like the opposite. Like if you love to constantly, I don't know, hug and get words of affirmation and all that kind of stuff, like that's its own thing too. So I just think find someone on your level if you can't find yeah. a happy medium. Yeah. And if you feel like the levels are all out of whack, that's definitely a red flag to consider. Yeah. Um, my next one is drawing more resources from the friendship bank than you continue. I think I found this term online at one point and I really like it because I can just imagine a little like friendship piggy bank and like when you do something good for the group, you go up, you know, well, I guess would you take out a coin? Um, but I think in general, to me, what this means is like only friends that only ever come to you when they need something, which kind of gets into my next point, I guess. Um, but basically people that just you feel like never contribute to the friendship in your direction, but always expect you to contribute in theirs. Um, Red flag. 100% red flag. And again, I think, unfortunately, we've all been there with that one. Um, My next one is if they make you feel like you're stifled or if they're overbearing. And I guess this kind of relates to the, like, over-communicating, kind of. But, like, if they're constantly, like, 
let's hang out. Let's do this. Do you want to FaceTime? Do you want to call? Do you want to text? Like, you know what I mean? To the point, and I guess this is going to, again, be very from person to person. You may want someone who's like actually 24-7 texting you. That's cool. Find someone who who wants to be 24-7 texting you and, and you're great. Personally, I like my space. I like my independence and I don't jive when friends or partners are just constantly asking to do something or to like be involved in your life every second of every day. And I also just think that's not healthy. Like you need to be your own person to some extent, even if you're in a relationship. Yeah, definitely agree. My next one is if they only come to you when they're super upset or the main key of this point is when nobody else is around. Like if you're if you can tell you're constantly someone's backup or like side chick, deal breaker. <laughs> Huge. Honestly, and you can be a side chick in a friendship. Make no mistake. You yeah. definitely can. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, cuz I know that term's just like mainly used for romantic canoodlings, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a really good one. So my next one is if you're constantly arguing. So I'm the type of person who honestly believes that arguing is, to a certain extent, completely healthy and completely normal. Like human beings are naturally going to disagree with one another at some point or another. So it's okay to have little arguments, have a disagreement. Um, Obviously, it shouldn't, you know, escalate to anything too, too out of hand, but totally normal to argue with a friend or a partner, especially, I mean, I've argued with friends in the past because we were living together that like roommates just fight people, butt heads. It's normal, but obviously you don't want to spend most of your time fighting. And I was listening to a podcast the other day. I don't remember which one it was, but they were kind of talking about, you know, arguing in relationships. And they basically said, if you think you're arguing too much with a friend or a partner, you're probably arguing too much. And you have to kind of use that gauge of what you're comfortable with. Um, but yeah, who, I, who do you, why do you want to have people around that you're constantly disagreeing with? Because at some point it's going to be like a fundamental, like moral mm-hmm. difference or, you know, like ideology difference or something like that. And then do you really want someone who like fundamentally disagrees with you as your friend? Probably not. Yeah. And what I would also say to this point is like, see how they're handling a disagreement. Like if it's constantly turning into like a screaming match, that's also something to look out for. But if you feel like you can talk over things in like a mature way and like find a compromise, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's not so bad. So also observe the way that you're arguing. Yep. 100%. My next one is if they tend to monopolize making plans or like having a conversation and they don't give you room to speak or give your opinion, and I definitely think there's just some personalities that are like more outspoken than others and they might not need they might not mean bad by it. Um, but I think if someone's just like constantly talking over you or like not letting you meaningfully contribute to the plans you're making or like not getting your input, they clearly don't really value your input. So I would call that a red flag. Yeah. I mean, I mean again, some people just have bigger personalities. And if that's like the balance you have with your friend or partner, then that's one thing. But if you feel like you're being like constantly stepped out like stepped on or if you feel like in the conversations you're constantly going like uh, uh, like trying to get a word in then I wouldn't really call that um a good friendship or relationship yeah I agree um my next one is if they aren't making time for you or you feel like you are always the one reaching out to spend time together 
and again, I feel like this is kind of like the polar opposite of like being too overbearing. As you can tell, Miss Libra over here really wants some balance in her life. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like no one wants to be the person that is constantly asking if you want to hang out. I know I personally get in my head and think, does this person even want to hang out with me? Like if they, you know, communication is a two-way street. If they wanted to see you, if they wanted to spend time with you, they would have texted and asked. So I think, you know, obviously there's situations like I'm in law school. Have I been the best about, you know, managing my time and reaching out to friends that I genuinely do want to talk to? No, I haven't. But that's, you know, an adjustment. And I would hope that the friends that I have, we have a good enough relationship to for them to know that it's not me not wanting to see them. It's me being overwhelmed with school. But I think really evaluate where they are in life. Don't make too many excuses, but, you know, you always want to be understanding and compassionate of people's situations. And if they're kind of in a situation where there's really no excuse for them to be uh, constantly just kind of like not reaching out, then definitely a red flag. Yeah. Communication is for sure a two-way street. Mm -hmm. My next one is if you have someone in your life that you feel like kind of dismisses your successes or like makes them feel small, but expects you to totally celebrate theirs so like if you told someone in your life that you know you got a good grade or you got a job and they were like oh but like you thought that was going to happen anyway right or like oh but you said it wasn't even that hard right stuff like that but then they do really well and you know they deliver these news to you and you, they expect you to like throw them a freaking party um i would call that a red flag because clearly they don't value your accomplishments um as much as they value their own so I feel like that's kind of a big one for me is like if they can't celebrate you the way you celebrate them, red flag. Yeah, 100%. My next one and who, girl, I'll tell you what, if if we were a storytelling podcast, I would have a lot of stories about this one. But it's if you catch them lying or misrepresenting situations. I've had a few friends in the past who, you know, tend to, I, I won't say lie. Lie is an intense word. I'll say over exaggerate the truth uh to the point where it may or may not be true so obviously like number one this person clearly doesn't feel comfortable enough with you to be their authentic self and whether that's you know something that you're doing or something that is their own making who knows but I don't really want to be friends with people who are constantly misrepresenting things and making up lies and situations especially and this would kind of happen to me, when you're really excited about something, whether it be a new accomplishment or just something new in your life that you're excited about, and this person feels the need to over-exaggerate the things going on in their lives to make it seem like theirs is going better than yours. Because I've had a Mm -hmm. few people who kind of always try to make it seem like their grass is greener, no matter what's going on on their side. So yeah, definitely something to look out for. Yeah, it's never polite to one-up people, regardless of yeah. if it's true or not. But when it's not true, it's, it's even like, worse. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tell some of the stories, though, at some point. I'm curious. Yeah, I'll have to get distant enough from the circumstances in my life <laughs> that led to them. <laughs> um, my next one is something that we've talked about on the show before. I think it might have been in our friendships episode um, where we did like a little section about red flags that we're kind of like expanding on here. Um, But if they gossip to you a lot about other people, chances are they're also gossiping about you to those other people. So, like, 
maybe in your mind you're like, oh no, we just have like way more of a special bond. Like they're coming to me and me only. Like we get each other. Eh, unlikely. Like <laughs> they're probably doing the same thing with five other people and it might be about you. So just keep a lookout for that. Um, if they're constantly sending you screenshots of like private conversations and stuff like that, like I just feel like that's a sign of like immaturity. And gossip in general, I mean, there's a point where like the tea is kind of fun, but for the most part, it's just sort of unproductive and sort of immature. So something to look out for. Yeah, I agree. Um, My next one is, this is a big one and I've never had this happen, but if it did, if they are rude to service workers, so I'm talking, you know, waiters and waitresses, retail workers, things like that. You know, I haven't been on a ton of dates in my lifetime, but every single one that I have been on, this hasn't happened, thank God, because I think I would genuinely get up from the table and leave. I'd be so mortified if a date or even a friend was rude to a service worker. Like, I don't care if they get the whole order wrong. I don't care if they bring you the wrong size of jeans 16 times. Like, there's just no need to be rude. Mm -hmm to a worker. And I think it really shows someone's character if, especially if it's on like a first date, if they're rude to a service worker, like bounce, call the Uber, (laughs) get out of there, (laughs) leave. Cause it's not, you don't, you don't want that. And I think it's a reflection of how they'll probably treat you when you do something that they don't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not here for it. My next one is if they have literally like never apologized to you about something that they did, Or if they kind of try to gaslight you when you express that you're upset with them. So if you say, I felt like you were rude to me today, if instead of saying, I'm sorry, they say, I'm sorry you feel like that, or I'm sorry you interpreted it that way. Like if they put the blame back on you, I think it's a sign of definite um, immaturity. All of us have probably not taken blame in the best way at some point, but I think if they're constantly like pulling the Uno reverse card and making you feel like it's your fault, then that's a red flag. Yeah, 100%. Um, my next one is, I lost my place. Oh, I found it. Um, if they try to change something about you or, and I'm going to add this, you feel like you have to change something about them. So starting with if they're trying to change you, you know, obviously, again, there's going to be instances of genuine concern. 99% of the close people in my life encouraged me to go to therapy after this past semester. And I don't think that you know, I'm not going to be like, I'm cutting you all out because you want to change me. Like, just accept me at my anxious <laughs> self. No, obviously, everyone has my best interest at heart. Will it lead to hopefully a good change in my mental health? Sure. But I know that came from a genuine concern. But if they, you know, are telling you that you need to lose weight, bounce. If they think that you should change your goals or your careers, bounce. Or even just like little things about you, like they shouldn't be trying to change you, especially if it's what stuff that you feel like is fundamental to who you are as a person. And then on the flip side, I think there's kind of this like stereotypical trope of girls trying to change guys. And like, just if you want to change them, if that means you don't like the person that they are right now, like you mm. like some possible future version of them that they could be, but that's just not your job. Like at the end of the day, you know, and I'll again use myself as an example everyone under the sun could tell me to go to therapy, but I needed to be the one to make that choice. And the same goes on the other side, regardless of what it is that you're trying to change about them, like they need to make the choice to make that change. And 
nine out of 10 times, nothing you do is going to significantly impact them making that change. Mm -hmm. I think that's my favorite one of the episode so far. And I think it's one thing if like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of girls like help their boyfriends like dress better. Like that's one thing if you're just like helping them upgrade like something small like that. Yeah. But yeah, if you like want to change like, I don't know, something fundamental to them. Like if you think you can change like their political party or something like that, like Um, not to say I haven't been successful, but (laughs) (laughs) and that's the (laughs) um so my next one is if they don't let you have other friends or spend time with other friends, especially ones of the opposite sex if we're talking about a relationship. But I think in general, if a friend is like so possessive of you that they like get insecure when you hang out with other people that aren't them, it's kind of scary. Um, And especially going back to like if um, your partner wants to have friends of the opposite sex, um, I just think it's like immature to assume that, I don't know, clearly you're insecure in your relationship if you aren't comfortable with them hanging out with a friend that they've especially if it's a friend that they had before you. Like, I feel like that is such a red flag. Like, if you've been friends with someone for, like, 10 years and they just happen to be, you know, the same sex as your partner and that makes them insecure, like, hell no. <laughs> yeah, no. Red flag. Um, mine's kind of going off of the, on this, and I'm not going to lie, this is, like, low-key, probably, like, pet peeve territory for me, mm-hmm. but it's if a romantic partner has a problem with you having a celebrity crush or, like, admitting attraction – to, you know, a member of whatever sex you're attracted to. This, like, mind boggles me. I've had friends who are like, don't get me wrong, I love my boyfriend, but I think Harry Styles is so cute. Like, duh. So does, like... (laughs) That's literally biology. Like, Like, yeah, like, of course you do. Like, you admitting that you think Harry Styles is attractive is not at all diminishing the love that you have for your partner at all. (laughs) And even if you say your friend Joe Schmo, like he's a he's a really handsome guy. If your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever it is has a problem with that, like it's like everyone's attracted to multiple people. Everyone. Mm-hmm. And if someone tells you that they're only attracted to you, I'm so sorry they are lying. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> not how it works. That's not how it works. And love and romantic feelings and things like that obviously make it, you know, a much stronger connection and attraction. I'm not denying that. And like there's a reason why your partner chose to be with you over pining after Harry Styles for the rest of their lives. So like take comfort in that. Like I don't, it just mind boggles me that people are like, well now I'm in a relationship so I can't admit that like other people are attractive. I'm sorry, future boyfriend out there, like I will be talking your ear off about Harry Styles and you just have to be okay with it. You just have to be. Like if we're not scrolling down Instagram together or like walking in a public place together and agreeing on who we find attractive of like the same or opposite sex, then I don't want it. Like that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can recognize other people's beauty without it taking away from theirs. A hundred percent. And not to mention it's like literal biology and like pheromones and like fundamental science that we have these feelings. So like really can't beat it. And especially if they're mentoring someone that, like, you also think is really attractive, like, take that as a compliment because they put you in the same bucket as this other person. So, like... That's a good point. It Like, I could really go on about it. It bothers no, me yeah. so much. I agree. I agree. Especially when it's, like, the most inaccessible person ever that, like, you just shouldn't be intimidated by because there's no way they're going to infringe on the relationship. Like, Harry Styles. Like, it's, like, 
he's not gonna like you're not gonna leave him for Harry Styles. Like that's just not gonna happen. Like <laughs> it's not I'm gonna happen. <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, I agree. Um, my next one is people that have to constantly tell you that that they're like just kidding, just joking. Clearly, if you have to say that all the time, they're not respecting like the way that you interpret things. And they're probably saying insensitive things that hurt your feelings with like some frequency. Or you just don't have the same sense of humor, all of which are kind of red flags. Um, yeah. But I think in general, if someone has to constantly reiterate to you that they're like not being serious or that they're just kidding, it's kind of like, eh, are you though? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think like any relationship should have the basic respect of like knowing what you shouldn't joke about with someone. Like everyone has something that you know, regardless of if you're genuinely joking or not, they don't want to hear it because it is a deep insecurity of theirs. So yeah, that means they're not respecting your boundaries and they got to go. So yeah. And like, we are the generation of like self-deprecating humor. And I get that to an extent, but doing it with other people is very different. Yeah, I agree. That's not self-deprecating. I guess that's That's just deprecating. deprecating. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't want that. Um, my next one is they are never willing to compromise. I feel like this is probably like a pretty traditional red flag. Um, but yeah, I mean, any relationship again, is just a series of give and take a series of compromise, especially if it's someone that you're living with, whether it's a roommate or a romantic partner, compromise is natural. Like you, you have to do it. That's the only way that relationships survive is compromise and communication, the two comms. So... (laughs) (laughs) two comms big brains um so yeah so if they're never willing to compromise and you feel like you always have to do things in their way like it's a their way or the highway type of thing red flag not here for it yeah and I would say even look at this in like little ways like if you feel like their suggested plans are the ones that always end up happening that could be a sign of something like this yeah so Um, My next one is if they don't respect your boundaries, and we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I mean like literally any boundaries at all, like physical, obviously that's so important, Um, emotional boundaries, otherwise like literally any sort of boundaries, if they don't respect that, they don't deserve to be in your life at all. So I feel like that's a pretty, that's like one of the top of the list ones. Yeah, 100%. And kind of on this same note, My last one is if they are overly nosy or constantly prying for details in your life that you especially don't feel comfortable telling. I had a friendship situation where I felt like this person needed to know everything about me and my life and the intimate details of my day. And when I tell you they wouldn't tell me a peep about their life, like I didn't know, I barely knew anything about this person and I felt like they knew like everything about me and that's just like obviously it's very uncomfortable because you're like why the hell do you need to know all of this information like what are you doing with this information and also like I think if it's not a a back and forth where you know we all have friends that we like tell everything to like I tell Anya everything I know Anya tells me everything and like it's normal because we're friends and that's fine but it shouldn't be you have to divulge every single intimate detail of your life to this person so they can just like have that knowledge hold on to because odds are I don't want to speculate but odds are they're not keeping that information to themselves and they're yeah they have some sort of ulterior motive in wanting to know everything about you and that's just that's not it that's not it I agree it's not it 
And then the very last red flag deal breaker of this episode is if a specific person came to mind while you were listening to this episode, it's a red flag in itself. Bye, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's the end of this, this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed. You'll have to let us know if you have any red flags that we missed. Um, It could be fun to do an episode that's like reading our listeners like horror stories or like when they figured out there was like a red Mm. flag or something. That could be fun if you guys liked this episode. But yeah, we hope at the very least it gave you a little laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And I hope we didn't come across like extra negative in this episode. I feel like normally we try to talk about like good parts of people and stuff. But I think it's important knowledge uh, to think about for the people in your life if you don't already think about it already. So yeah, Yeah. I think that's about it. Um, As always, follow us on Instagram at 2DegreesHotter. Leave us an anonymous suggestion in our suggestion box. Rate us five stars and we'll read it on the show. I think that's it. Yeah, I think so. We will chat with you guys next Tuesday. Talk then, guys. Have a great week.